Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about big emotions with a book written by Ruby Roth called Bad Day. Hello, Ruby. Hi. Thank you for having me on this show. I'm so pleased to connect with you. Um, I I have been reading this book with my little ones, and they really enjoy it, um, and they will grow into it, I am sure. Yeah. Uh, but I say, I say in the book trailer, it's for ages 0 to 101, so <laughs> they <laughs> yes. have forever. <laughs> and I really think that it is. Um, I, I really – I've gotten – uh, a lot out of reading it. It's a good reminder for adults. For as sure. Well, Thank you. Um, as children. Um, so, but before we start talking about that, let's hear a little bit about your background and, and what brought you to, to write this book. I am an artist. I've always been an artist since I was a little kid. And the first time someone handed me a pen and a paper, Mm -hmm. Um, I started writing children's books 10 years ago in 2009 um, when I was teaching art at an after-school program and the kids were asking me all kinds of questions about my eating habits actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm vegan and uh, I went to try to find a book that we could share and do some art projects around so they would understand and I couldn't find anything that I liked. There was very little out there and I ended up writing um, some of the first books of their kind in children's literature that were nonfiction wow. about um, veganism and the well-being of animals and how our choices are connected to the planet at large. And um, Bad Day, the new book, is my fifth book. And I just expanded my themes from physical well-being and planetary well-being to now include emotional well-being. Which is beautiful and, and important to start talking about basically from the moment a child is born. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't think it's ever too early. Agreed. Even in utero, I think <laughs> it's yeah. great to, to start <laughs> just discussing it. Yeah, just preparing for this world that they're about to face. Yeah, exactly. Well, so in reading Bad Day, I think it does such an excellent job of talking about really big feelings in an understandable and respectful way. I think a lot of times books um, 
not a lot of times, but sometimes books can talk down to children. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that your book doesn't talk down. It, it's very respectful of feelings and <laughs> of, of how children can feel these really, really big feelings and not know what to do with them. Um, how did you approach writing this book on big feelings? Well, there's a lot of feelings books out there, and right. looking at them, um, I felt like a lot of them sanitized feelings mm-hmm. and kind of made nice nice of um, you know big heavy feelings. And to me, that just like you just said, it felt condescending and kind of dismissive um, of what we forget that we feel as much heaviness and and overwhelm as kids as we do when we're adults and I think we just forget that you know childhood isn't all rainbows and polka dots right and so I really wanted kids to see themselves reflected in this book and so Henny's the main character and and his meltdown goes on for quite some time it's it's a long gritty um, explosive meltdown Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted kids to see that and feel like it's okay to have those feelings um, and not shut them down or be told that it's, they should stop. Right. Um, but ultimately know that they themselves are responsible for their feelings and their behavior. Yes, which is so important, um, finding that balance between – it's okay, like any emotion is okay to feel, but the yeah. actions of what you do with that emotion may or may not be acceptable behavior. Um, and you are responsible for those actions for yes. your emotions. Um, and I think that's part of realizing, you know, you're getting to know oneself, mm-hmm. also realizing at the same time that you are part of a larger world and that your behavior affects other people around you. And even people across the universe, right. <laughs> across, across the planet in many respects. Yeah. And that um, formation of the habit around, because I, I do think as adults, there is this tendency to feel really big feelings and then go to our, our coping habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, that can that can be drinking or that can be um sleeping a lot or, you know, whatever your coping is. And with children, they haven't built those coping mechanisms yet. And so if we can find ways for them to find a healthy way to sit with those feelings and work through them, uh, we're setting them up for such success (laughs) as the rest of their life. It's a long process, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the introduction of that idea isn't immediate. It takes many years to start forming, you know, and we're all, there's no arrival necessarily. We're all still always working on managing our inner lives. Um, mm-hmm. But I think introducing the idea very early kind of serves as an initiation um, that is otherwise absent. Agreed. Yeah. And as nannies, we, are constantly (laughs) helping our kiddos learn how to feel their feelings in a safe way um, that doesn't involve 
hurting those around them, either physically or emotionally. Um, And sometimes that means holding space for kids while they feel their feelings. Um, And, you know, sometimes that can mean physically holding them. And -hmm. sometimes it's just sitting with them in that feeling. Um, When you were writing Bad Day, what experiences with kids did you draw upon to create this character of Henny and, and his really bad day? Um, it was actually a lot drawn upon from my own childhood. Mm. Um, I faced some early challenges. Uh, I was diagnosed with scoliosis, which is a curvature of the spine, very young. Mm-hmm. And I had to do electromuscle stimulation therapy at age four for a couple of years. That was wow. very painful. And then I wore a back brace um, 20 plus hours a day for the following 13 years. Um, and so I, my problems weren't meltdowns or tantrums, but they were, um, you know, being physically bound in something and learning discipline and containing feelings of discomfort and working through it. Um, so my, my experience very young was discovering that I had, you know, now I know it's called the observer mind, Mm. Uh, but I, I know that I discovered that very young in the sense that I remember thinking, I am not my body. Right. So this, this thing is happening to me on the outside, but I'm separate on the inside, actually. Mm-hmm. And learning to locate pain and kind of seeing if I could dissipate it in my mind. Mm. Um, and so I, I, sometimes I was able to do that, even if it was for a moment, just kind of like scan my body and find it and go into it. And that led me, you know, to many years later to writing this book and really just putting down on paper what quiet space did for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my refuge and that was my coping was to go into it, whatever it is, the pain, the discomfort, the anger, um, to go into it and that to find that there's wisdom in there. And so not to shut down feelings or to avoid them or, um, you know, in adulthood to drink them away or do drugs or shove them or take it out on our partners, but to really find the meaning in every challenge and make, make it work for your life, not against you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and what I hear you talking about is, um, connected with with mindfulness and I feel like that term gets tossed around a lot Um, it does uh but how have you how have you seen that work for kids or have you seen it work for and with kids I think I've seen it the same way with kids as I have with adults it's it's kind of a trendy word right Mm -hmm. now um, along with positive thinking, which I personally don't relate to necessarily. Mm-hmm. I never call what's in bad day positive thinking. It's more like this is a reminder, you know, to, to take a pause and remember who you are. Mm-hmm. Remember the strength you have inside of yourself. Um, but I've seen, I think mindfulness can mean so many different things to different people. So I've seen with kids the same as with adults that, you have to use it to find what works for you. So some kids, you know, don't like sitting still and they need to move around while they're learning. Right. You know, it's, it's the same with, I have 
friends, adult friends who, uh, you know, for example, are actors here in LA and they can only memorize their lines if they're pacing, you mm-hmm. know, back and forth. <laughs> and kid, you look at kids in the kid world, like kids are punished for, you know, wiggling around right. and they're told to sit still and some people need to move. So, you know, mindfulness might, for me is quiet and just stillness and going inside my body and my head to scan what's going on. For someone else, it might, having mindfulness might mean that um, they realize they feel grounded when they're drawing right. or they're dancing or when they're in jujitsu. Um, it can take many forms. So I think a lot of times people can think of it as like a yoga meditation, mm-hmm. um, but it's not necessarily that. It's, I think, just taking the time to get to know yourself. It's, it's, I more relate to the words um, – the ideas of emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and then mindfulness specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, and yeah, for, for me sometimes like literally just going for a walk around the block, yeah. uh, really does it, um, like unlock something inside of me in a way that if I'm on my couch, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, even if I'm, you know, trying to do the same <laughs> thought process that yeah. I would do on the walk. But you're you're absolutely right that it can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people and getting to know what that looks like for you and how it might be different on different days for you um, yeah. or even and in different moments. Totally. And, and that's why I have also said that this book, um, Bad Day, is for introverts and extroverts. It's for kids who shut down their feelings and for kids who explode. Mm-hmm. Um, in either case, learning to take a pause, they're getting to know themselves better and, and what they need and how to articulate it. Right. And I think as nannies, a lot of times what we can do is help kids work through that of like, you know what, yesterday when you had a moment where that you were feeling bad about something or angry or upset, um, we tried to go for a walk around the block and that, you know, you told me that that didn't really work for you. So today let's try sitting for three minutes and just breathing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. tomorrow we can try doing a handstand, seeing if that works. No, I think it's really great to throw it back to them. And instead of trying to fix it for them, say, let's discover what works for you. You tell me what, you know, what can you imagine right now that might help you feel better? Mm-hmm. and giving them ideas like that that they haven't thought about yet, even if it means, you know, really out of the box. Like, do, do you want to write an apology letter to somebody? Because mm-hmm. that might make you feel better. Or should we do 10 jumping jacks or sit quiet? Like, you're in such a great position to give them information that they can then make wise choices from, you know, without without doing it for them. Right. Yeah. I talk all the time on this podcast about how as nannies, we are so lucky that we have the time that classroom teachers don't necessarily have. Parents sometimes Mm -hmm. don't have, you know, they're coming home from work. And a lot of times it's like, we have to be in bed by seven. And I got home at 530, you know, and they're on this like really tight schedule, um, knowing that if they don't get to bed by seven, then they pay for that the next day. And so, um, but as nannies, we are given the privilege of time. And so what we can do with that time, um, is 
can be really beautiful. Um, a lot of times when I'm interviewing or talking with parents, I say, you know, I, I sometimes will bring in lesson plans, but a lot of times my job is going where the curiosity takes us that day, um, which doesn't fit in with a lesson plan, you know? Right. Yeah. We've stared at a rock for 30 minutes before. <laughs> and, and I'm sure that was useful for whatever, you know, the day required. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and so do you, have, do you think that, that kids can control their feelings? Yes, I think, um, I mean, it's a practice, just right. like it's an ongoing practice forever. But I think in Western culture, we have a myth about childhood um, that has us thinking that kids are so delicate and so incapable and can't do anything without adults, but there's no universally accepted concept of childhood. And in other cultures, kids at a very young age are expected to, you know, for example, watch their siblings and um, weave intricate embroidery and help out at the marketplace and open coconuts with machetes. <laughs> So there's a lot of wiggle room on what kids are capable of. And I think that we in Western culture don't give them enough credit for what they're psychologically, spiritually, and physically capable of doing. Right. Yes. I I completely agree. Um, so when a kid is practicing emotional intelligence, it it can get really messy and Whereas, you know, arts and crafts, <laughs> when they get messy or when, you know, you're having fun and the toys are strewn all over the living room, you can see the mess and you can see the steps to how to fix it. Uh, I think with emotional mess, <laughs> you it can be hard because it's not tangible. Mm -hmm. It can be hard to learn how to put it back in, you know, an order that works for you. Um, and you mentioned that you've taught art to children. Have you found any art projects that help bring that intangible, these emotions to a place where children can see them and interact yeah. with them? Yeah, I think art in general and the, and the, the practice is helpful because you're moving out of the logical brain into kind of a spatial um, portion of thinking and it gets you out of thinking about time and into a more creative side of the brain. So I think it's very therapeutic, um, in all senses. But when I was teaching, I liked to give kids the space to come up with things on their own, but, um, kind of introduce ideas like, um, color association, mm. Um, so I remember once having a great discussion about how different colors can often represent a feeling and then without telling them what we learn in our culture, um, I asked them to do some art and make, you know, do some drawings or paintings, um, showing what certain feelings, uh, feel like to them on paper using color. And so, you know, I didn't say what I already know, which is, you know, red can be aggressive and it's used in marketing to catch attention and to, um, it's associated with anger or passion or love. Um, and then blues are 
neutral and calming, that kind of stuff. I, mm-hmm. I just wanted to put the exercise out there to let them come up with something and to dig inside of themselves. And it's so interesting to see what comes out and not only color, but like shapes. And there's some of that in bad day when he's having his tantrum and I drew a little, you know, black squiggly mark above his head. Um, To me, that's what those feelings feel like. Um, Kids will often, you know, make dots or scratches and um, it's, it's a really interesting uh, way to explore the mind. Yes. Did you find um, when you've done that activity with kids that they did gravitate towards the colors that we think of or did they uh, have different interpretations? There was a little bit of everything, Mm -hmm. but I think in general it's so pervasive and there is Mm -hmm. something natural about it that – that, like you said, kids do kind of gravitate toward understanding. Maybe even be- may- they might understand it subconsciously before they even understand it consciously. Right, right. Yeah, my mom was a second grade teacher for 20 years, and mm-hmm. she started asking us to not buy her red clothing uh, because she said when she wore red into the class, she's like, I don't know if it's placebo effect, and it's just in my mind, but our days – go worse when I wear red. <laughs> How interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so she was like, please, you know, when you're thinking of clothing to buy me, take yeah. red out of <laughs> yeah. my wardrobe for me. Yeah. She was inciting the bulls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they, they can, they can be scary. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, I just, I've always thought that was interesting that she picked up on that. Yeah, Um, sure. But yeah, that's a great exercise to do with kids. I think that's so fun. And, you know, even I'm, my kids are are starting um, with language and playing with language. But even just in finger painting, what, you know, when they draw on the page and they they see the mark that they've made, their eyes light up. It's so... It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. It's very primitive. I mean, we've done we've done painting since we lived in caves. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. in us. It is. It is. Um, and as adults, we certainly have bad days too. Um, which, if you are listening and you haven't listened to the um, wine pairings episode, that is, uh, <laughs> I got a bunch of stories from nannies and then I had a friend that's a sommelier come on and uh, say what he recommended you drink out of, after your bad day. That's so <laughs> that's a good episode to listen to for fun. Um, but what have you found uh, to help you work through a bad day so that you're not taking it out on others? Sometimes it's drawing for mm-hmm. me. That's very grounding um, to go sit and just not expect anything, but just see what comes out. Um, but as a general practice, I know now that just sitting quietly and just literally nothing. Like I know some people in my life, they don't understand that. They're like, what, what do you mean just doing nothing? And it's something that I absolutely need sometimes as an introvert, sometimes, like, if I go to the farmer's market and I'm there for, you know, the morning and doing stuff and around a lot of people, I need quiet in between the, that activity and whatever the next thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I've determined already that, that that's what I need. If something's bothering me, I can pretty much rely on finding an answer if I sit quietly and just do nothing. No phone, no TV, no books, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And just sitting and scanning um, scanning my day, scanning people who were in my day, and locating you know, something, if something's bothering me, I can usually go through and locate when it started. And sometimes I'm not even aware that, um, that that's something triggered a bad feeling inside of me earlier in the day. And I've been kind of perturbed all day. It's been like an undercurrent of disturbance. Um, but just realizing that and going, Oh, that's when it started. Oh, I've been carrying that around all day okay, now I can give that a little attention and, you know, maybe clear it or just realize that that's, that's where it started and just sit with that for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do encourage anyone listening who doesn't have a ritual around a bad day um, or has a ritual that they feel isn't serving them anymore um, to really check in with yourself and and search for that ritual and be grateful <laughs> that you be to what your coping mechanisms have been because they've gotten you this far um you can be you can be grateful to them and then let them go <laughs> um but yeah i i do encourage because as nannies if we go in to our job um without emotional intelligence, it it can be really, really hard on everyone involved in our job. So that's a wonderful example. For me, a lot of times it's, it's sitting and reading a book, getting lost in a story mm-hmm. um, really will help me. And a lot of times in getting lost in a work of fiction in particular, I will find what is going on inside of me <laughs> through a character. Um, and that's, you know, I was an English major. That's my <laughs> relational <laughs> way of, of figuring it out. Um, yeah. And I'm so glad you said, like, if, if you know, you're looking for something because your go-to isn't working for you anymore, that's really real, too. Sometimes something happens and the feelings are so strong that your normal go-to isn't going to do it. Right. And to not give up on it, but maybe it means you're completely exhausted. And I know often someone will say, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just so, you know, I just am so tired. Mm-hmm. And the answer is, you're just so tired and you need to sleep. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. You're maxed out. And um, maybe that needs to be your go to for a couple of days. So tuck yourself in a little early and, you know, just pay pay attention to the shifting needs of your own body. Right, right, yeah. And, you know, we – a lot of people that have chosen to be a nanny as your career are givers. And so sometimes we give more than we can actually handle giving. Yeah. So I just encourage you to look uh, for ways that – you can better serve yourself and then serve others by serving yourself. True. And and we are creatures 
uh, you know, just like other animals, we like novelty. Mm-hmm. So the, the novelty of trying something new can sometimes shock the body and the mind into new behavior. Yeah, yeah. And I have found that um, in having conversations with kids and throwing it back to them, you know, coming up with some ideas uh, ahead of time, but asking them what they think that they could do with a bad day or with big feelings, um, that they help me discover, you know, new things. Like the handstand thing was an idea that a kid had. He was like, I think I want to do a handstand. And I was like, okay, let's try that. That's actually, I mean, that's incredible because – biologically when you turn your body upside down you're de-adrenalizing and so he was instinctually feeling that yeah yeah and so just kids are incredible (laughs) I love my job yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so um is there is there anything else that that you'd like to add I want to connect with people Mm -hmm. so please get in touch with me and let's follow each other and be a bigger community um, around the world. My other books are in the vegan space, but they're made, um, particularly one is made for everybody. It's a plant-based cookbook. So um, I just encourage everybody to get in touch and check out my other resources. And, um, one of the honors of my career is that I get to connect with people all over the world. Yeah. And where can people connect with you? My website is rubyroth.co, R-U-B-Y-R-O-T-H.co. And from there, you can go into the shop. I have all my kids' stuff and also uh, my personal artwork, which is more in the adult figurative feminine um, side. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the all my campaigns and social media are, are there. So that's wonderful. Starting. Yeah, and I will link that in the show notes. So Great. if if you're driving and listening, do not fear. Um, <laughs> it will be and, down in the show notes for you. And the books are available wherever books are sold. So you can get signed books and personalized books from me, um, or get them at your local bookstore or wherever you usually order books from. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, um, Ruby. I really appreciate you being here um, and sharing this. And I I really appreciate uh, you bringing this book into my life because it it has already brought up some really great conversations with kids. So I'm happy. That's that is its purpose. Just a starting off place. Yeah. And then we end each episode with a fun, cute story. And Ruby has brought one for us. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you about something I just heard the other day. Um, The book just came out, and so it's just getting into the hands of little kids. Mm -hmm. And a mom told me that there was a standout moment in Bad Day where Henny's thinking back over his terrible, awful, humiliating day. And there's one moment that um, this little girl related to. She doesn't – she's very worried about – um, kids laughing at her mm-hmm. and in the book Henny trips and falls and there's all of these faces laughing at him and she just was so aghast <laughs> at, <laughs> at how much she related and she said 
she said, look at all of those faces. We need to count them. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it, it really meant something to her that it stood out that much that she had to, you know, count how many there were. I think they're like five or six. <laughs> but it just dawned on me the, the weight of these little things that we don't think much of mm-hmm. as parents and teachers or um, adults, you know, on the, on the schoolyard watching all this stuff go down. Um, but it can be really heavy mm-hmm. to a kid. And so I was really happy to hear that moment that she related so much to and could see herself in the book. And um, and I think that moment of relatability opens a kid's mind to the rest of the lessons that are in the book. Yes, yes. And also that moment of realizing other people feel this way too. Somebody mm-hmm. somebody felt this way and put it in a book is <laughs> yeah. huge. So yeah. yeah, that's and I love her, that she it was important to her to count them. Yes. <laughs> but it's so fascinating the way it, really, it hit me really hard. Yeah, I love that. Um well, thank you for sharing that story. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me and for all the work you do on behalf of kids. Oh, well, thank you for being here and and thank you all for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. The Chronicles of Nannia is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nannia and on Twitter at Nannia Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnannia at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.